0: Hi Stephen, thanks for having me.
1: Now your documentary, it's titled 57 Lawson and it's about a public housing estate which is in the heart of Redfern. Can you tell us a little bit about why you thought it would make a good subject for documentary?
0: Sure, look, I'd been travelling through the estate to work over a 10 year period cycling into the Sydney Film School in Redfern and over my working life there I'd witnessed the changing character of Redfern, the gentrification of, of Redfern. And I'd sort of felt it uh, viscerally and I had the feeling that the area was going to change in a somewhat irreversible way. So it was kind of an archival uh, impulse, if you like, a a way of, in a sense, preserving what was there and and a sense of trying to get to the character of, of what was present as well.
1: Among your influences would be someone like um, Chantelle Ackerman. She was really gifted at about a frame and used static camera. Can you tell a little bit about the sort of the aesthetic you employed for this documentary?
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, a bit of a continuum talking about Ackerman, Chantal Ackerman, the film of hers like a Hotel Monterey, one of her early films about a hotel she was staying in when she was studying in, in New York and there's a kind of sense of a young filmmaker trying to capture or make sense of this hotel that she was witnessing, spending a fair bit of time in. So that was one of the stylistic influences for me as I was looking around and searching for various visual approaches towards archiving or ca- capturing a sense of place, and she was foremost in mind. And there's a kind of archival. Element to that, but also a fictionalization. So she was using actors in the process, and that was a bit of an influence on me as well in approaching the 57 Lawson film because I ended up mixing documentary elements with fictional elements as well.
1: Are you talk a bit about the aesthetic of hyperrealism. Can you sort of describe what hyperrealism is?
0: Yeah, it's sort of a tendency I go towards in a lot of my work, which is that you're capturing a sense of present moment but then in extending that moment through a durational strategy you were holding the, the shot for longer perhaps than you normally would that it kind of takes on this slightly surreal or, or, or hyper real quality as a kind of fixation that, that you get in studying a person or a Place for, for an extended period of time. Almost a, a sense of being a bit voyeuristic, I suppose, or certainly a sense of trying to, to place you there. So, on the one hand, it's very real, very present, because it's real time, extended time, and yet on the other hand, it starts through a minimalistic impulse, starts to become a little bit hyper.
1: So, in this, you really offered a sort of mix of performance and documentary, a kind of hybrid documentary. Can you tell us a little bit about that decision? Because I, I certainly was not aware of that certain uh, characters were actors.
0: No, that's right. And that, that's certainly the effect of it. I mean, unless you know otherwise, maybe I shouldn't be kind of volunteering. Spoiler the alert, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. kind of, hopefully that's the kind of feeling you get, that it's not overtly fictional, the sense of being a document, but in order to explore certain ideas in the film, particularly without giving too much away, the, the eviction Sequences uh, of the tenants, there's a fictionalising element and that was brought about for a couple of reasons. One is stylistic interest from my point of view in blending documentary and fiction. Too often they're sort of easily classified and separated. And then on the other hand, through necessity that I couldn't get direct access to observe a, a real-life eviction taking place. Uh, I was
1: thinking that this is very much at the same time with the antenna Documentary Film Festival. We've got the Miller's Point documentary, The Eviction. And I just, I just thought this documentary similarly seems to be grappling with, it, with a very sort of similar issue of the sort of public housing struggle between tenants and housing in New South Wales. Was that very much in your mind as you were making this film, um, that, that those sort of contemporary events?
0: Um, yes, and I started working on this documentary in in 2014, so it was definitely in the air. From then it sort of became increasingly, so especially with Noah's Point. And I guess my interest in it is from the, the point of view of trying to, capture the changing character of, of our city and the eviction process is kind of like a microscope in looking at this very specific situation which I feel in some way is symptomatic of a larger issue of hyper and gentrification and what kind of can get overlooked in, in the process of this
1: so tell us a little about the characters. How did you get their trust? Because I know a lot of people at public housing would resist documentary makers, just worried that they're going to get caricatured.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. And uh, we did film this over over a two-year period, and it did take us a while to, to meet some of the various tenants and for them to jump on board. I mean, the, the The first reaction, I think, is, oh, well, you're going to be a current affairs program and we're going to end up seeing ourselves in the evening and you will have taken all the the bad things and just left out any of the good things. You just show the drugs and the the drink and difficulties. And so I think it's a really good question because it had been a kind of stigmatisation of the social housing tenant by contextualising around with these negative elements. So the idea of... Media was initially kind of a, I think, a threatening one. So, yes, you had to sort of work against that and unwork that. And then I think, you know, once the tenant realized that we had a very different agenda, then we were able to work together to make the film.
1: What about a sort of achieving a sort of, a sort of naturalness? of Because the minute the camera is pointed towards you, there is that sort of self-consciousness that can really drift in. How did it go about getting the the tenants just to act as any other day of the year?
0: Yeah, look, thanks for asking that question because I enjoy that part of the, the process. Again, I've seen a number of similar style issue documentaries where the intention of the filmmaker is to shine a light on a less privileged part of society, maybe less privileged than the filmmaker themselves, as was certainly the the case with me. And what you end up doing is uh, patronising the subjects, those involved in, in the process of doing it. It's kind of funny, unintended outcome. So I was trying to find strategies and ways of working that really worked against that and involving the tenants as collaborators in a way, some of them really take us in and, and show us very private parts of their lives. For a start, we're in their homes, in these very personal spaces. It's a real gesture of trust and respect, and it, it's about finding who, who they are in, in that environment uh, and letting them speak, giving them the space to express that rather than coming in with, with an agenda and saying, I want to see this or I want to show that.